Thank you for joining us today. My name is Jared, and I'm the worship director here at Leroy United Methodist Church. Today's message is based around Acts 1. Sometimes what we expect and what happens are two different things. I hope you enjoy this sermon. Here's Pastor Matthias. Well, friends, Easter Sunday is officially behind us, and this morning we are starting a new worship series. Together as a church family, um, we are calling it uh, Pentecost, Be More. Our hope is this will lead us up to Pentecost Sunday when the Holy Spirit uh, arrived and filled the early church. And the basic idea of this series is that Easter Sunday is not the end of the story. Uh, at Easter, as Christians, we don't just expect more as we spent the last few weeks talking about, but Easter calls us to be more, whatever that may look like for each one of us. Uh, and as we go through this series, we are following the stories of the disciples and all the earliest Christians uh, that we find in the book of Acts. And so this morning, uh, our scripture reading comes from the book of Acts, the very beginning, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. Friends, listen now for the word of the Lord. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? And he replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. On August 12th, 1805, Meriwether Lewis and a small scouting party sat down to drink from a small spring near the top of a mountain. It had taken them 15 months to get to that point. 15 months of miserable upstream paddling, of scrounging for food, of navigating blind through uncharted waterways, of making contact with native tribes without whose help they certainly would have starved, of surviving a terrible winter, and of losing a man, losing someone to sickness. But this moment for them was worth all of it. 
for hundreds of years, ever since the first Europeans had arrived on North America, explorers had dreamed of finding a direct waterway from the west to the Pacific all the way to the Mississippi in the east. A waterway that would connect through trade ships the east to the west at long last. Everyone was convinced it had to exist and President Thomas Jefferson had personally commissioned Captain Lewis and Lieutenant Clark to go out and find it. They had set out from St. Louis and they followed the Missouri River further than any European explorer before them. Through Missouri, up into Nebraska, to the Nakotas, and now at long last, Captain Lewis and his scouts found themselves drinking from a spring that was the source of the Missouri itself. And as they sat, thinking about all they had gone through, they knew that the hard part was over. Along with believing that a direct waterway cut through North America, Lewis and Clark had also been led to believe that when they reached the end of the Missouri and got over a couple of low mountains, they would find the Columbia River, which would lead them on a gradual slope downstream all the way to the Pacific Ocean. The real work was done. There would be no more fighting currents, no more immense challenges. They had reached perfection. All they had to do now was gently float downstream all the way to the ocean. You can just imagine Lewis and his scouts smiling as they dreamed about how easy it would be after all they had gone through. And you can also imagine how difficult it must have been when Lewis and his scouts reached the top of the mountain, looked west, and instead of seeing a gradual slope to the Pacific, saw sharp, rocky mountains as far as the eye could see. In an instant, everything had changed. Lewis and Clark thought that they'd explore the continent by river, but now they found they had to become mountain men. They were convinced that the hard part was done, but now they saw the easy part was behind them. They believed their story had come to a perfect end, but now they were learning that sometimes our dream of a perfect end can turn into a long road of never-ending change. And the thing is, they were going to have to change with it. They were going to have to do more than they expected. They would have to be stronger, be smarter, be more determined, be more than they dreamed of. And with every twist in the road and every new mountain, they would. Now, we may not be explorers out in the wilderness, but my guess is most of us can empathize a little bit with Lewis and Clark. When most of us think about our future and our plans for tomorrow, most of us think in terms of chasing after a perfect end, 
some ideal, unchanging situation when everything is wonderful and stays that way. Think about it. We make plans to find our perfect dream home. That perfect job, perfect spouse, perfect schedule, perfect life, and then keep it. Most people are probably like that. They save their money, they work hard, they paddle upstream all their lives in pursuit of that one perfect ending that they can spend the rest of their lives holding on to. And more than just our plans, that's how many Christians probably think about faith as some perfect thing to get and then hold on to. Sometimes we think about faith like Paul on the road to Damascus. One day you're a sinner, then you believe in Jesus Christ, and bang, you're a forgiven, righteous Christian, and all you need to do after that is just keep believing. We're sinners, then we're saved, and that's it. From our plans to our faith, I think it's fair to say most people today treat life as a matter of chasing after that unchanging, perfect ending. My guess is that's probably how the disciples thought about Easter morning when it finally came, as the perfect ending to the story. I mean, by all accounts, Easter should have been the end of the story. Christ had died, Christ had risen, death was defeated, our sins were forgiven, and all they had to do to be saved was believe. At Easter, Christ won our salvation, and that should be all there is to it. No more work to be done, no more struggle, just a perfect, permanent ending to enjoy. So why is there a sequel to the gospel called the book of Acts? Why did the risen Christ stick around 40 days after Easter morning? And why did Jesus call the disciples to a spot just outside Jerusalem to tell them about what more was coming? Acts begins by telling us that for 40 days after Easter Sunday, Jesus stayed with the now 11 disciples and presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs and ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father because John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And don't just skip over those verses on your way to Paul's famous conversion in chapter 9, but really think about Jesus' instructions at the start of the book. Really pay attention to what that suggests. Jesus' opening instructions to the disciples indicate that somehow for Jesus, the disciples having had their sins washed clean, having John's baptism, isn't the end of faith. They need something more. It means that simply knowing 
that Jesus rose from the grave on Easter being presented with those convincing proofs isn't all there is to salvation. Being saved means something more. And above all, it means that somehow Easter morning was not the perfect end of the story. Jesus comes back. Jesus calls us on because Jesus wants his disciples to change. Jesus calls his followers to do things they never thought possible before. To go to places they had never dreamed of, Judea, Samaria, to Rome, to the ends of the earth. Jesus calls them to become men and women they never imagined they could be. That's the thing about Pentecost, about the story after Easter. The story does not come to the perfect end we expect on Easter Sunday because in Jesus Christ, we never stop changing. That's what I think I love most about the book of Acts. Acts is the story of the disciples and the earliest church, but it is designed not so much as a single story as a collection of all kinds of mini-stories, dozens and dozens of them, not just about the disciples, but about all kinds of men and women from all walks of life whose lives are changed when they encounter Jesus Christ. From Paul's conversion, to Peter's redemption, to Lydia, the business owner, to Cornelius, the centurion, to the Ethiopian eunuch, Acts has this remarkable, ever-changing cast of characters who enter the story as one kind of person, are touched by the good news of Easter, and then exit as someone completely different. Someone made more alive, someone transformed, someone changed by good news. To put it more simply, if Easter is about expecting more, then Acts is about being more. Acts is the story of men and women just like us, all chasing after that perfect ending that will wrap everything up, who encounter a risen Savior only to discover that there is no ending. For the disciples, for us, the story of salvation and the road of discipleship keeps going long after Easter morning. And I'll admit, that can be frustrating sometimes to find that the ideal dream we have been chasing after has been replaced by rocky mountains. But as the disciples learned that day outside Jerusalem, as Lewis and Clark discovered as they set out into the mountains, and as the book of Acts testifies to in all its many stories of transformation, the story of faith and the story of life is a story of constant change for the miraculous reason that there is always more our God is calling us to be. 
That's the good news that lies beyond Easter Sunday. Somehow, for Jesus Christ, Easter was not the end of the story because life is not about finding a perfect end. It's about changing and becoming something more than we ever imagined. Contrary to what we expect, life isn't a quest for static, unchanging perfection. Life is change. And that is good news because it means, it means we're free. We're free from the burden, the pressure, the stress, the need to make our life perfect. It means that even if the worst case scenario happens, that perfect dream doesn't come true exactly as we thought, our God always has new roads ahead of us that lead to new life. It's good news because it means that we never have to settle for the frustrations, for the pain, for the sins, for the rocky mountains of this world because the story does not stop there. The road does go on to the ocean, to Pentecost, to the ends of the earth, but above all, it is good news because it means we can always become something more. Easter has come, but the Savior isn't done with us. Not yet. Christ won't settle. The Lord of life is out to remake and remold us with more peace, with more generosity, more strength, more purpose, more confidence, more wisdom, more of whatever it is our heart longs to find. Pentecost, the book of Acts, life, is the story of following Christ into the mountains that lie beyond Easter Sunday in order to find not a perfect end, but the unending change that always calls us to be more. On August 12, 1805, Meriwether Lewis drank from a spring that he thought would be a perfect ending, only to discover that, yes, sometimes our dream of a perfect end can turn into a long road of unending change. He and his team would have to become more than they expected. The journey would have to push them to new heights. But the wonderful thing is, they would. The mountains would make them stronger. The journey would renew their hope. The road would change them. And they would reach the ocean in time. And then turn around and set off on another adventure. And the incredible thing that they discovered as they traveled that new mountain road and the unbelievable miracle that the disciples found as they became witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, is that life is not the story of permanent perfection, but of unending change. Because Christ doesn't just call us to expect more, but to be more. 
And there is always so much more the Savior of life calls us to do, to find, and to be. And thanks be to God for it. Amen. Friends, please join with me in prayer. Christ Jesus, we stand on the mountain beyond Easter this morning, and we hear your call to follow you to more. So, Savior, come and teach us to not just expect more, but to be more. Prepare us for every twist and turn in the road ahead. Fill us with the joy of knowing that there is always more to our story than we had planned. Lord, lead us out from Easter Sunday and let the road ahead change us. Let us be more at peace, more forgiving, more caring, more faithful, more filled with the Holy Spirit that never stops chasing more life. In Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Again, we want to thank you so much for joining us today. If you want any notes on today's sermon, you can head over to LeroyUMC.org and click on Worship. I pray that God blesses you throughout the week. Go in peace.